Blog Talk Radio. Buzzworthy Radio is on. on. The entertainment show that gets you up close and personal with today's hottest stars. Here's your host, Nabelle J. Lee. Hey guys, what's going on? It's Nabelle J. Lee here at the Buzz at Buzzworthy Radio. It's Monday, April 4th, 2016, and we have a great show for you guys tonight. I had the pleasure of speaking with this woman before, and I had the pleasure of speaking with her again. Most of you may remember her. I just noticed that I wrote in this paragraph of mine for the episode listing, I spelled her first name wrong, so I'm going to have to fix that. I, I just now read it, and I, I just realized that. That's that's terrible. I need to work on my, my skills on typing faster than I can speak. But <laughs> most, of, most of the listeners, as well as fans, may remember this person for playing the role of Gloria Fisher Bardwell on CBS Daytime's The Young and the Restless, as well as her other soap opera roles, ranging from As the World Turns, General Hospital, Days of Our Lives. What has this woman not been able to do? Well, beginning April 22nd, you'll be able to see her if you're in the downtown Palm Springs area in the play The Outgoing Tide with her former Young and Restless co-star, Michael Fairman. I believe she is on the line with us right now, Judith Chapman. How are you? I am Navelle. Can I speak, or do I have to say over and out before I speak? I know you are you are ready and raring to go, baby. This is you. This is your time now. How are you? I'm fine. I want to know how you spelled my name incorrectly. What did you write? Um, well, it 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 says Judith. I added an extra C in there for some reason, and I'm like, okay, I don't know how I did that, but, yeah, i I got to fix that. <laughs> That's fine. It's one of those Freudian slips. It sounds like it re, uh, uh, rhymes with a lot of the characters I've played on daytime over the years. <laughs> that it starts with a B somewhere, I think. Something like that, yeah. That's very clever. I think that's I see. I may have to steal that one from you. I like that. Oh, anyway. yeah, and that was and that was by accident. So steal away. <laughs> the universe has a wondrous way of working, sorting things out, and calling it like it is. That's <laughs> calling it. it like it. Hey, anyway, you, yeah, I'm excited talking to you. And I just got a new windshield put in my car. I just got brand new tires put on my car. So. In lieu of being a star of stage and diva, whatever, on Young and the Restless, I am taking care of business. Anyway, hey, and, um, you got and now after I speak to you, I go downtown for another wonderful rehearsal of this play, and I'm so excited about it. It's, it's, if you're not familiar with it, it was originally done on Broadway with my, um, John Mahoney, who played the curmudgeon dad in Frasier. Well, so yeah. very much keeping with Michael Fairman, who, who's a sweetheart, but he's just brilliant. He owns this role. And I suggested him to the director and the, and the production company, and he just jumped at it. So it's, a, it's not like on Golden Pond, but it's that family dynamic, a father, a mother, and in this case, a son. So it's just a three-character play, but we're um, very proud of this one, very proud. And Michael is down here for the month enjoying Palm Springs and, and mm-hmm. working our little off to get this play going. Yeah. He plays your he plays your husband in the play, if I'm not mistaken. My husband, that's what I wrote on Facebook. I said, I'm known to friends and fans of The Young and the Restless as a 
Catherine Chancellor's last husband, and now he's making his Palm Springs debut as my husband. (laughs) (laughs) I know, I know. It had to have been a thrill to reunite with him, and it's just, it's funny, when I was setting this up, you know, there's so many people online that miss you on the show as Gloria, and it's just amazing how they still talk about this character. I mean, especially since, obviously, there's still ties to the character on the show, and you're just not there anymore. You're just not there. I just, I just vanished into the, and you know, and it, it, it's, it's. I'm okay. I'm not okay with it. I would rather be on the show. I don't think anybody who is just sort of written uh, ma- magically disappears is ever happy with it. But I'm a grown-up girl, big girl. I've done lots of soaps. I've done lots of other things as well. But I've been let go of shows, and it's interesting because I would go to the office and say, hey. You know, if you don't want me, kill me off, let me go. Because other shows, um, they, they, you know, I'm poisoned, you know, until you're officially dead or released. And the powers that be at Young just say, no, no, we love you. We're going to bring you back. And, and I'm sorry, but I, that, that line has just gotten a little old. So life goes on, sweetie. But it is. You, I cannot tell you how touching it is. Yeah, because I do so much theater and I have so many other projects. As I say, I'm a full-time yoga teacher who does a little acting now and again. But mm-hmm. uh, but there, there are still so many friends out there who 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 miss my who miss my alter ego Gloria. She was a character, and it's interesting because over the years they evolved her. And the great Josh Griffiths was the one who made her more comedic when he had um, Ted. Um, Jeffrey and I move into the Abbott Mansion, and that's when all the comedic stuff really started. But when Gloria, right. when I first started on the show, it was a lot of gut-wrenching and making peace with Michael and making peace with my boys. And and so it's interesting how, I mean, Ted, Ted Shackleford and I would both, I said, you know, I've never been able to get arrested doing a sitcom. We're doing a sitcom here. So <laughs> we um, we love playing off of it, but it, yeah, it's a shame. You know, there are those fun characters who can be serious and can be heartfelt, but uh, that that flesh out a show. And I think that's what a lot of the um, the my friends and Facebook friends and whatnot uh, are missing. That 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 makes it a complete story, a complete unit, instead of just all the doom and gloom and whatever. Because right. I haven't watched the show recently myself. Oh really? So, that, no. If I'm not on it, why should I watch it? And I'm not saying that to be vindictive. That's always been. If I'm not on a show, it usually means I'm off doing other projects. So right. it's, uh, it's you know. But if you're on it, yeah. No, I don't mean that in a, in a Judith bitchy way at all. It's just that no. <laughs> I, I like seeing me on television. There, well, there, and there's nothing wrong with that. Absolutely not. Yeah. I, not at all. And as you just said, it, you're, you've been busy since you've been gone. It, it, nothing has slowed you down, and I think that's a really good thing. No, no, no. That's you know, I've I've been been very fortunate. You know, I I said to the good Lord when I was in my twenties, I said, please, all I want, what I want, what I would like, is to be a working actor. And I have been a working actor. I've, you know, taken time out to do a lot of theater. I've done a lot of directing and producing and teaching. 
And, um, mm-hmm. you know, I really thought, I did think that uh, Young and the Restless was going to see me to the end of my days and the end of the career. So it's like, oh, okay. So mm-hmm. da da mm-hmm. I don't know what to say. It is what would you... Would you classify, I've always, I don't think I've asked you this the last time, but did you see Gloria as a gold digger, especially when she first came to town? Well, my, I wanted the to way know that. I did, because Joan Van Ark, as she was going out, and I watched it a couple of times, because I'd never watched the show uh, before I was on it, and so I watched it a couple of times to see, try to catch Joan and see what her look was. And I went, no, her look was very beige. Her, her glory was, I mean, a wonderful character, but very beige. And when I first met with Jennifer Johns, the hand-picked by Bill Bell, brilliant Emmy-winning costume designer who's now over at Bold and the Beautiful, but I said, you mm-hmm. know, Jennifer, I can wear lots of color. I got really big eyes, and I can wear lots of makeup, and I can do big hair, and I think mm-hmm. that's where glory Maybe she started with nothing, but now that she was with she's with John Abbott, she used to go. I and I would tell Jennifer this. I said, Gloria used to go to the makeup counter or the Jabot counter at the at the at the department stores, and just sort of dream about owning Jabot products. And she says, Honey, now I bathe in them, you know. So <laughs> I don't I don't like to think of my darling alter ego Gloria as a gold digger. But, man, she knew how to spend that money when she got it, sure. But John, there was always a question, oh, she never liked John or she never loved John. I disagree. He was the father figure and the kind person who never treated her, finally treated her well. And he taught her how to live. He taught her how to dine well and what wines to drink and what jewelry to wear and what crazy Mm -hmm. clothes. And I think he was just infatuated and in love with her. So I don't think it was gold. He just he 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 baby or petted her. He he spoiled her, and she yeah. loved that. And she you no know, on that I see I saw a couple of years ago, so because I made a reel and that deathbed scene when I'm holding his hand and and I'm saying and Gloria's saying I'll let you go if that's what you want if that's what you want. I said that's just heartbreaking. You don't call this woman a gold digger. She was right. madly in love. This guy, and it was those tacky children of his that ruined everything. <laughs> she did, did kind of screw up poisoning that stuff, though. <laughs> it was like, oh, that was that was that was that was just acting out of vengeance and revenge to get away from to backlash at tacky Ashley and tacky Jack, <laughs> whom I adored, whom I adored. And when another producer let Eileen go. I went into, first of all, they killed John on me, and that was depressing enough. And I went, oh, my God, right. because John, when I first came on the show, he's like, okay, kid, I'll take care of you. You know, you just stick with me. And I'm like, John, I've been doing this for about 35 years. <laughs> I kind of know my way. I kind of know my way around the soap set and a few other sets. And, uh, and, but then Eileen Davidson, Ashley and Gloria were such oil and water. They were just, just you know, she, you knew that every time Gloria walked in the room, classy Ashley would just cringe, and it just cracked us up. And I loved working with Eileen because she's very much like me with her work ethic. We know our lines. We come in. We do the job, have a couple of jokes or whatever, but get it over with and move on. You know, we're just we. She's not the type of actress to hold up production 
to blah, 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 and, uh, you know, yakety yakking, and I, and I wasn't either. And I was like, ah. And then when another producer let her go, it was, I was, it was very depressing for me. It was like, God, I've been, I've been doing this forever, so I know it happens, but that's the nature of soap operas. Sometimes you, you get to stay and sometimes you get to have to go. So, but it I was, really, yeah. Jack was just, you know, the bomb, you know, it's for working with, you know, Jack, um, Peter, Peter. And Christian and Greg. I mean, I, it was truly because I was glued to the show when the first almost ten, eight years, nine years, when I was still very heavy on it. And uh, and I just I went. This is why this show's number one. The acting right. is so damn good. You know, it, it's soap operas, especially less experienced actors. Um, they kind of get into that sing-songy rhythm that uh, actors do because they haven't done their homework, they haven't um, really analyzed their characters, and boy, oh boy, the, the Abbots and the, um, my family and Victor, of course, they just, every day we brought something new and different, and that made it really, really exciting theater. So, theater, film, so, yeah. It was interesting listening to you describe the character of Gloria because, you know, every, you know, I think more and more people would come on. I think I was actually one of those people that even said it myself, that she was another Jill Foster Abbott incarnate. And it's just like she was the Jill Foster 2.0 of, of the set. And not that that's a, an insult to the character of Jill at all. It's just like, I just, it's just, it was just shades of Jill, especially from the beginning of Jill back in the day. And I always think it's ironic that you played a temporary Jill Foster Abbott years ago. Yeah, yeah. Jess became very ill. I'd just come back from Europe. I'd been over there for the 92 Olympics, I think, because I had two trips to Europe that year. But I'd come, my, uh, my Spanish brother-in-law was uh, performing Medea excuse me, at the... Uh, the Barcelona Olympics, and I said, I'm not missing that party, so I went over for it, and um, Irene Pappas, the great Greek actress, was playing Medea and Vangelis, who did the music for Chariots of Fire, did the music, and the designer for the Opera House, La Scala in Milan, did the, I mean, it was just, and it was performed in a 2,000-year-old Greek amphitheater, so I mean, it was, and plus I got to see some of the Olympics. So I was in heaven, and I get back, and I get off the plane, and just on a lark, I happened to call my agent, feeling rather full of myself, I guess. I said, oh, anything happened while I'm gone? And they said, yes, Young and the Restless just called, and they need you back here. (laughs) Jess Walton, who's very sick, and I went, holy cow. I went, okay, okay, but I've got to go home. So I said, back to the um, (laughs) So I drove home, and they then drove back to L.A., and they put me up at the Chateau Marmont, and they said, well, she's really ill. We don't know how long it's going to be, and, and, and I just went in and did it. And just had a great time, and then Jill got well very quickly. <laughs> <laughs> Jess and I joke about that. Jess and I joke about that. I said, you didn't stay sick very long. She went, No. <laughs> 
Oh, <laughs> she was very... like, I saw what you did with my part. I wasn't going to stay out. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there you go. I, when I was did, did um, Days of Our Lives again, what I was just so heartbroken when they let me go because I loved playing Angelica so much. And they let a lot of, of us go. Wally Kurtz, of course, he came back, but I understand he's gone now, too. But anyway, but I they let my character go. I, I'd ha, Wally and I'd had a baby, and uh, and I uh, about four months later, five months later, my agent called and said, "Oh, um, uh, Days of Our Lives wants you to come back just for a day because you're going to sell your baby to Wally for a million dollars or whatever." And I went, I went, "No, I'm not going to what? do that." Da 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 drive. And they said, okay, we'll hire somebody else. And I'm like, over my dead body. <laughs> so, so we're very protective of our characters. So I've done the, I've done the exact same thing. I'll be there. <laughs> over my dead body. Somebody over my to... dead body. That is awesome. I've never heard a story like that. That is amazing. <laughs> I haven't thought about it in years. It was just a one-shot deal, and I showed up, and... Did but it was funny. What was great fun because then flash forward a couple of years or however many years, and I um, did the film Twenty Eight Days with Sandra Bullock. But it was she's in rehab. Her character's in rehab, and she's um, she's uh, and but they watched this soap opera called Santa Cruz, and I was part of the campy soap opera, and uh, it was so darn funny. But we shot the whole thing at Days of Our Lives. So all the same stage managers, the crew, the makeup artists were all there. So it was great fun to go back a few years later and shoot the film, shoot part of the film there anyway. So And they said, well, what do you want to be called in the pretend soap opera and, and the film, 28 Days? And I went, oh, Deirdre, in honor of Deirdre Hall. <laughs> they called me Deirdre. Everybody said, it's Deirdre. I said, well, we'll make it Deirdre, whatever. But, yeah, you know, lots do. of fun stories. It's been a, you know, it's, it's been a, it's been a heck of a ride. It's been a, a yeah. ride, and to think that I have done so many different soap operas, like I really have done other things in my life and worked with some extraordinary actors and nighttime and film and whatnot. But that shows you the power of soap operas. That shows yeah. you the power of soap operas. That everybody loves their stories, and I think it, it will be. If we go the way, and I say we, I conclude myself in that, if we do all go the way of the dodo bird, um, the last of the four shows, I think it will be such a loss for young actors because I start with on As the World Turns, almost, I was so green. I was just practically just out of college, may have graduated from college, went to New York. Okay. I would sit on the street or a cockroach and start gagging. You know, I was so green. But um, but landed that, and I said, what a one! And you see the extraordinary actors and Oscar winners and A-listers and blah 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 that have been on soaps. And then what a wonderful way! Then go do other things, and then come back and maybe wrap up a career as what I had hoped to do, thought I would do, and on Young and the Restless. So soap mm-hmm. operas, our soap operas. There you go. It's a it's a big it's a business that I always applaud these actors and actresses in because it's tough work. I, going in doing sixty seventy pages a day, every day, mm-hmm. new scripts every day. This is not a show 
this is not a genre where you're basically reading the same script every day for a week. You're learning new scripts every day. And it's absolutely and no more no more teleprompters. I remember back in the day. I think you know when I was on World Turns a million years ago, they still had teleprompters. I could never use them. They made they made me nervous. I mean, I, I didn't care for them because you, I could say, ah, he just looked at the teleprompter. Because something happens with the eyes. You, if you, mm-hmm. when you, you're looking at, looking at you, say, acting with you, and all of a sudden I okay. glance away to um, look at the teleprompter, your eye focus shifts, and it becomes very hard and very focused. And that, ah, I busted. I just saw you look at the prompter. And so right. I was never comfortable using them, but it is. It's the extraordinary thing. And film actors who come in and do a guesting or something, they're like, how the heck do you do this? Because you have to go home and do your homework. You know, the more you do a character you do more, and you are familiar with the storyline, it's easier. You develop good habits about learning. But um, I know, I know, your storyline's heavy. You, you carry, I remember one time, in fact, Jess came up to me on my really busy days. I think it was when Ted and I were in the Abbott Mansion. One of the, Sally Strickland came up. She said, you know, you're carrying the show. And I went, yeah, it feels good to me. I'm okay with it. <laughs> and Jess said, how do you find I can't, I'm still struggling. I said, I don't know. I'm just lucky, I guess. But, yeah, so. <laughs> Maybe that's one of the reasons why I like to do theater because it's easy, fairly easy for me to learn lines, something. Definitely. And I know we uh, we actually have set up some callers to come on. They wanted to talk to you. I know there's been somebody holding on for over half an hour. And I was like, um, I wasn't here yet. So. <laughs> talk to me other than you? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Seriously. I feel, you know, it's interesting because somebody said, oh, you ought to have a big luncheon and charge lots of money in Palm Desert. I said, are you kidding? Anybody could go in any restaurant and see me or Tristan Rogers or Bobby Eakes. I said, we're, we're just locals, John Callahan, no big deal. So I forget, no and I'm flattered that people actually are out there who really do think I'm worth talking to. So I'm flattered. Absolutely. 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 We have one that is joining us from... Georgia, I believe, 706. How are you? Hey, I'm I'm good. How about you? I'm fine. Hi. Who's this? Hi, Judith. Hi, Neville. Neville, Who's I remember this? you from an old website years ago, the World of Soap Themes website. Oh, my God. We're, talk- we're taking it back right now. This is crazy. That's yeah, like that 2005, was my... 2006, when Judith first came on Y&R, I think. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wait. Back in 2006, oh, you youngsters, God. <laughs> That's great. So who is this in Georgia? I've got lots of kinfolk in Georgia. Are we related? I'm Charlie in Georgia. <laughs> Hi, Charlie. I'm I'm from up the creek. At, uh, I'm from Greenville, South Carolina. And oh, I'm cool. Most, my mm-hmm. kinfolk, my cousins, and all live in Conyers and up at Lake Lanier and Alpharetta. And, you know, oh, Atlanta. beautiful country yeah. up through there. Yeah, I love it. I love it. I you, love it. You were up near there when you came and did Vivian a few years ago. Yeah, I did Vivian twice in Atlanta. I was so mm-hmm. honored. I did the premiere in, at the 14th Street Theater. Mm-hmm. And then this wonderful gal, who oh, slips my mind, Connie. Connie Sutherland. She mm-hmm. came up to me after 
show, and she said, well, I'm the president of the Gone with the Wind Society, and we have lots of the Windies here. I swear some of these gentlemen in their bow ties were actually in the Civil War. It was too precious to words. <laughs> oh, wow, they were even, even older than John Abbott. <laughs> Would you come back? Would you come back and perform Vivian again for the 75th anniversary of Gone with the Wind of Film? Mm -hmm. Well, I, of course, jumped at that opportunity. So yeah, very fond, very fond of. Um, God, I can't remember the name of the town where the museum is. Oh, it's just right outside Georgia. I mean, right Jonesboro, outside Jonesboro. Jonesboro, somewhere, somewhere, but wonderful. But all these little, these wonderful old—not not older. A lot of them were very, very were young as well. But this, I remember this one dapper gentleman with the gray hair and the mustache and the little mm -hmm. tie. And I, you could have been in the film. The, uh, mm -hmm. I remember the first time you came to Georgia to do Gone with the, the Vivian, and mm -hmm. one of one of my really good Facebook friends was there with you. Oh, good. Yeah, uh, and yeah, Vivian. God, I, I spent a lot of time with Miss Vivian. I um, mm -hmm. studied for a year. I found that play and basically produced it and directed it myself. So I'm very talk about stepping outside of soap operas. I went. Sometimes an actor's just got to make their own work. And I exactly. had played Vivian in a, in another play in 2000 2001 at the Old Globe in San Diego, but that Laurence Olivier and Orson Welles was in it. I mean, the characters were. And um, that was the first time I'd ever played Vivian. But I, before my family moved to England, when I was, you know, a, a, a young teenager, um, we saw her. I saw her in a play. I actually saw her on stage, one of the last plays she did, cause it's called Tavarish, for which she won a Tony. And so uh -huh. I'm long, long legacy with with Vivian. But I finally put her to rest. I performed in um, November of fifteen. Not, this is 16, no, it must have been 2014, in Boca mm -hmm. Raton, it's 600 mm -hmm. theater, it's fabulous. Yeah, my Vivian. You you did a great job with that, because the local CBS affiliate had you on for an interview, and they showed some clips from the performance, and you did really well with it, from what I saw. No, that's uh, no. I was very proud of that, and for the L.A. Times to be there opening night, in L.A., I premiered in L.A., and then I did a second production in L.A., and just saying that nobody could do it better, and just, they flipped. And they, the L.A. Times ended up doing two more articles about me as Vivian and came to the theater and did pictures. So very proud that I was able to pull that little little number off. Anyway. If they ever decide to remake Gone with the Wind, maybe you should audition for Scarlet. No, I think I'd probably be Aunt Pity Pat at this point. <laughs> <laughs> that 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 could work. That could work. <laughs> oh, what's the beautiful actress's name? Because they did do it. Oh gosh, and she came to the second production, um, uh, the seventy fifth anniversary. Oh God, Brittany, Brittany, Morgan, Brittany, Morgan, Brittany. Mm -hmm. Because mm -hmm. she, it was between Morgan and myself. They were did some remake. It wasn't a very good film years mm -hmm. and years ago, back in the eighties or something. And Morgan got it, and so I was like, hmm, hmm. So Morgan came to see the show, and I always, Vivian and I, Vivian always talks to the audience after uh, the curtain call, and I said, please, acknowledged. I said, she played young Vivian, I'm playing old Vivian. So, <laughs> <laughs> a young Scarlet, I'm playing old Scarlet. Oh, so. cool. 
But they do. They they do the whole antebellum, and everybody gets dressed up, and blah blah blah, and does that. It's it's wonderful. So I was very honored not only to be in Atlanta for her 100th birthday, but also for the 75th anniversary of Gone with the Wind. So very cool. Very cool. And can I just say I love the way you've spoken out in the last week or so about the Chancellor redecoration on the Young and the Restless. Uh, Yeah. You know, that's what I said. I said I've got nothing to lose. And Mm -hmm. it's just the over the last few times that I was uh, on the show and saying, please just uh, tell me I'm dead. Tell me I'm gone. But be official about it. You know, I like clean endings. Don't, don't, don't mess with me. You know, exactly. I've been around exactly. And, and I agree with what Vonda's suge- suggestion was about doing the storyline with you and Jill, with you and yeah, you and be, being Catherine's long lost daughter. I agree with that. That's a great idea. I think it's a great idea. And Jill and I, uh, we, it was like Eileen or, or Ashley and Gloria. Mm-hmm. We two. Oh, we're oil and water. Oil oh, and yes. Water. But mm-hmm. loved each other off on camera, but we just knew how to get under each other's goats or belts. But to go back and see all the extra and the one day that they, I did a crossover to Bold and the Beautiful, um, I could, mm-hmm. I mean, I walked and Herbie, the stage manager, is over there. The costumer's over there. Prop people are over there. Ed Scott, you know, um, Melody uh, yep. is, is over uh, there. All now, Joe Bavacqua, who designed, among other things, beautiful things, uh, Glowworm, he's over there now. So, so many people have crossed over the hallway, and I just think it's, um, yeah, I find I finally had to put my two cents in. I said, i got nothing else to lose. But it was, exactly. it was bad. Yeah. Because it was wonderful. My dear friend, and uh, Vonda, hi, Vonda, I don't know, you're probably listening. But when she, she and several of her pals drove to Atlanta to see me and Vivian, but she had a gift from um, Jeannie's family, and it was this beautiful cross, gold cross or a cloisonne cross, that from Jeannie's jewelry collection, and they gave it to me for opening night because Jeannie so supported me in everything I did, every theater project. He was there. She and Steve Nichols came to opening night, and it was really something because I ran in L.A. for, I don't know, a couple of months or something, and and over the course of the run of Vivian, so many of uh, my coworkers. But the day that uh, that Victor Newman got up, came out of his castle and graced his presence in my in the little theater, I went. I have arrived. Victor Newman has come to my. Eric Braden has come to my show. And every time I would see Eric, he would say, he would say. Have you seen Judith? You are brilliant, brilliant as Vivian. Have you seen her? <laughs> Judith, <laughs> Judith, you're brilliant. You got that? It was, it was very <laughs> I, love, I love, love, love Eric. Never had a problem with him. We just, we just really enjoyed working together. But he was like, Judith was so good as Vivian. <laughs> oh, God. You, you were brilliant. You got that? I would not attempt it. I, I, I tried. Failed. I'm not even going to attempt it. I was like, y'all can handle that one. You go right ahead. So. <laughs> That's funny. That's, that yeah, is too funny. I appreciate the call, Brad, uh, Charlie. I mean, it's, I'm like, God, I think we, I think when we first met, we were talking about Y&R logos. So. <laughs> uh-huh. We were talking about that, and I remember you being a really wild ATWT fan. As the world turns. 
And if I remember correctly, your favorite opening from the As the World Turns was 1993. <laughs> oh, my Lord. You got jokes. <laughs> <laughs> I remember, you I got remember jokes. back in As the World jokes. Turns days, which was a few, you know, back in the mid-century, sometime last mid-century. But all of the fan mail was, was um, you know, old-fashioned snail mail. And we we'd get these stacks of mail, and I wasn't I was pretty good about answering as much as I could. But I said then, and I made a little documentary about fans. I said these people out there who love the show are coming by horse, car, train, bus, whatever, airplane to come spend an afternoon with me. And I said I've got to make a film about this, and and I did, not a successful one, but it was just a little documentary. But I loved it. Because the openings, and my friend Greg Northam, who is the first president of my fan club, lives in, um, is on the East Coast, but I sent my cameraman down to his home, and sound person, and I said, follow him up on the bus, coming, give me that panoramic view of New York skyline, and I had this original music composed for it, and, and then cut to the convention, and the first words that were spoken by one of the actresses, um, Kibby, 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 on As the World, she was on As the World Turns, I think. Lois Kibby. said, not even your best friend visits you five days a week at the same time. And I went, exactly. that, is, that, is, that is a soap opera. But I that said, is devotion. Also, I said, the, the fans... Friends of these shows could take over the world. They're all so interconnected and flash forward a few decades, and now it's all on video and blogging, such as Novelle, such as what Charlie's talking about. I mean, the connection of all these soaps and the people who watch them and love them and comment on them and these message boards. I mean, my gosh. Exactly, and I wish the powers that be at the shows would listen to us on the message boards. And that's what that's what I finally said. That is so wrong because a friend of mine, I don't care anymore, came to visit the set, and uh, a certain producer, female producer, was leaving as we were leaving. So I introduced my friend. I said, "Oh, this is Miss Phelps," and da 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 da. And she said, "Oh, Judith, you're coming back. We've got you know all this stuff." And a couple of months later, my friend's like, "But she said," and I said, "It doesn't matter what she said," and mm-hmm. she wrote. Letter and said, I was never acknowledged. Why would she say you were coming back on the show if you're not? And I said, I keep asking her the same thing. I said, you know, so it's 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 very unfair, very I'm, unjust. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say it. Jude, uh, Jill Farron Phelps does not care about any show she has ever been on. How many shows has she killed now? Well, they keep hobbling along. So I mean, I, I'm, uh, it's, I'm not going to sit here and trash Jill. It's just like, really, I just think it's so right. unfair, so unjust, because, but as, but for the grace of God, we are there. The actors are there. The shows are there. The sponsors exactly. are there because mm-hmm. of you. What kind of commercials? They, they're commercials that are catering to people who moms and dads and whatever soaps and you know a soap whatever, in the middle of the afternoon. Those are sponsors that spend billions of millions, hundreds of millions of dollars for airtime on these things. 
And um, it's, uh, you know, Tristan and I talk a lot about it. John Callahan, we're all friends down here. We call it, I call it the Desert Rat Pack. And, but it's, I just saw Tristan at a cancer event yesterday, and I said, that's, I looked at him and I said, how's that career working out for you, Tristan? <laughs> <laughs> we both just started laughing, you know, but whatever. But it is, it's unfair, and that's why, thank you, I'm glad you approve. I finally put my two cents in that there are just things you don't mess with. You know, they burn down glowworm, they burn down, I mean, she, I think there's a touch of a pyromania in the, in the, on the third floor. Everything gets burned down. You know, the Newman <laughs> Ranch burned down. The Newman Ranch, yeah. <laughs> I think I was more upset about that than anything. I mean, obviously I was upset about Kate Chancellor's mansion, but the Newman Ranch held a dear place in my heart because obviously Nikki, Nikki and Victor have been my favorite since I started watching, and that literally tore me to shreds when I saw that burned down. It really did. Oh, that did me too. There's just certain things. I mean, the, the Abbott Mansion is still intact. The Abbott Mansion is still there. Yeah, that's so. That's the last bastion. I guess somebody will torture. Until it. Gloria comes back on the show and burns it down. That's, oh, that's what I'm, that's not, I'll burn the damn place. Don't put down. that out there. Let's not put that out there. <laughs> well, I'm I'm gonna go so you can get to some other callers so I don't hog the airtime. So, but it was great Thank talking you with y'all. Uh, John, uh, Charlie, a pleasure to talk to you, and um, God bless you, and thank you, and have a wonderful spring and summer. Oh, thank you, Judith, and I look forward to your next project. Okay, thank you. Take care, man. Bye-bye. I appreciate it. Uh-huh, you're welcome. Bye-bye. So we have uh, Carissa on the line as well. Oh! She's, been, she, she's been here for a little bit. She is. She's finally here to talk with you, so here she is. How are you? Hi, Hi. Uh, Carissa is my Omaha, Nebraska buddy, because I lived in Omaha, Nebraska, too. Hi, Carissa. Oh, how nice. are you, baby? I'm good. How are you? Well, I'm having the time of my life. I'm just I'm, <laughs> having, I'm good. I'm having a great time and talking to Belle and now talking to you. And I must tell you, going back to Vivian, but they, yeah. a few weeks after I got back, Miss Carissa and Miss Vonda and, who? oh, God, I've got it right here. Um, May went, oh, no, that's my father's, oh, here he is, um, made a book, a hardbound book for me of every single production of Vivian. Now, can you imagine, I mean, wow. I gave me to Judith with Love, Vonda Smith and Carissa, Happy Holidays 2014, but every single production, starting with the premiere in all the different locations. So thank you, Carissa. I've shown so many people that book, and they're just—it's it, it, truly a, a spectacular memory for me, and a reminder of all the hard work that I did, but all the beautiful work that y'all did. So thank you again. I want everybody who's listening to know that it's a pretty. <laughs> well, subject. thank you. Bonda's well, a good partner in crime. I'm going to be in Chicago for that big event. You're going to be there, I think, aren't you? I will be there. In September? Yeah, well, I think if anybody's interested, I may have you and Vonda maybe make up another book and uh, see if anybody wants to buy it, auction it, however those things work, because it's it's that beautiful. It's that Great. Beautiful. Yeah. Well, I anyway, have a question you got, for you. I was going to say, you have any questions for me? I'm doing all the yakking here. <laughs> I do have a question for you. So a long time ago, you did a film called False Face or Scalpel. I did. 
Yes. And you sang in that movie. And I was just wondering I, if you'd done any other singing. Um, no, and and yes, it was Robert Lansing who played my father slash lover. It's kind of a weird story. Yeah, but um, yep. yeah, no, but I stayed, I don't think I sang on film again until I sang my funny Valentine to William on on Young and the Restless. And no, uh, people don't like. I've been in lots of musicals, but nobody wants to let nobody lets me sing. And I actually do sing. But yeah, we sang How after the ball is over. Yeah, saying that in false face. But a wonderful story, very dear story about that, because um, I was on As the World Turns at the time, took time off to do the film, and Robert Lansing, who's now gone, uh, but wonderful old character actor, but he said it's time for you to get your you-know-what off that soap opera and get out to California. So he was really the impetus for me moving to L.A., which was nice. Uh, the the fellow who shot that film, uh, we had a we we were together for some time. But his name is Ed Lockman. We remained friends over the years. But he was he was just nominated for uh, he's a cinematographer. But he shot that film, um, False Face, and he was nominated this year for an Academy Award for Carol with Kate Blanchett. So very very proud of him. And you know whenever he gets nominated, I always say ah. How far back we go, so yeah, little little tidbit of information about false face. Uh, yeah, I thought you, you had a great voice, so I, I was surprised you haven't done any other singing. Uh, thank you. Um, you know what? It's it's just don't listen to people when they tell you, you can't do something. And I'm not one of these kind. But once I was when I first moved out to LA, I was I was found a voice teacher, and I took a couple of classes, and she just looked at me and she said. You know, Judith, you just really are never going to have a big voice. I, I think back on this now. I said, me? I mean, I've got this. I, for my size, I've got a very large voice. And thank you, Carissa. Not a bad singing voice. But I allowed this woman, this person, to intimidate me. And I have always regretted that because I've always felt I would be a triple threat. Because I'm, I can, I'm an actress. I act pretty well, and I'm a wonderful dancer. I always wanted to be on Dancing with the Stars, but they never would let me. And uh, and be a, be a singer as well. So one of these days, I'll make my singing debut somewhere. Hello. I'm here. Oh. Yes, you are. You are a triple threat. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I don't know. I'm having all these wonderful memories thinking about all these things. Gosh, false face. There was so many. And while I was while I was doing, because we shot that down in Georgia, Charlie. We shot it in um, Covington, Covington or Conyers or someplace right around outside of Atlanta. Beautiful old antebellum home. And uh, but they were there was this crazy little sci-fi movie about to be done. And there was a part in it for this young woman who was a princess and a guy named George, somebody or other. I think it was George. What was his last name? Oh, Lucas. Um, flew me up to New York while I was shooting False Face to interview for Princess Leia. So I was, yeah. I hadn't wow. thought about that. I know. I know. And they gave it to Carrie Fisher. Boom. Carrie Fisher. <laughs> How dare you? No, I would have been wonderful. <laughs> I would have been a great Princess Leia. 
<laughs> I say, <laughs> I'm so humble. Yeah, we don't no, get there whatsoever. <laughs> I, haven't about, I haven't thought about these things in years. False face, Princess Leia, oh, yeah, and um, all this stuff. So, yeah. So great. I look forward to seeing you in 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 um in in Chicago, Carissa. Great. See you in a few months. Okay, my dear. Have a great summer. Talk to you soon. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye bye. Take care. Nice meeting you. Bye bye. Thank you. Yes. She's great. They all came to um to um, Atlanta. They drove, so I was pretty impressed. But this That's book, nice. this book is just so. They also did another book for me. Vonda did of all my career and all the finding all these ancient ancient photographs of me and you know with you know god I don't even know who as the world turns buddy epson so i've done all bj and the bear the incredible hulk battlestar galactica flamingo wow. rose i know so rose. all these the, the love boat the love boat i even did a love boat but all you did a love crazy, boat yeah, I did a love boat. I played, um, remember Dan Rowan and Dick Martin? I played, yeah. not the good-looking one, the other one, Dan, Dick, Dick Martin. I played his girlfriend. I played his girlfriend, okay. yeah. I know, it's crazy. <laughs> but, see, all, but that's it. You know, I've done all these other things and recurring characters on Fall Guy with, uh, what's his face, Lee Majors. And, but it's, the, again, the power of soap operas. The power of soap operas is just mind-boggling. My mother. Yeah. There's a yeah. there's a strong devotion with soaps that just will never ever go away, and I think that's a yeah. huge deal. Obviously for me too, but it's it's wonderful that this is still resonating with a lot of fans to this day. They know your characters from everything that you've played on these things, so it's huge, huge. Well, I still love that line that uh, Lois. I think it was Lois Kibbe. Is that what Charlie said, or you said? Um, who had that great line, uh, the first thing, uh, just not even your best friend visits you five days a week at the same time. Five days a week. That's yep. a pretty powerful thing. Absolutely. Powerful. And I appreciate you taking time out of your day to speak I with me so once again. Thank I am so happy to have taken time. My puppies are looking at me. They're so sitting here being very patient. They said, uh, Mom, it's dinner time. Whoever you're talking to, <laughs> to get off the phone and feed. They are get so off. precious. I wish I had a picture of them to send you. I'm talking to Navelle. They, what, they think I'm famous. They wanted to talk to me. It's like, no, you're the person That's who right. feeds <laughs> and throws the ball. That's it. Anyway, Navelle, this has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for letting me wander down memory lane and remembering some of these crazy things over the years. Absolutely. I would love to do it again. Okay, well, just give me a jingle. All right, my God. God bless everybody. Have a wonderful, safe, healthy spring and summer. And I'm going to go on a big road trip, so I may show up in God knows where. I'm going to throw the dogs (laughs) after put the dogs in the car, and I say, hey, if I'm not working, I'm closing up my desert house. It's too darn hot, and we're going on a road trip. So heaven knows where go. I'll end up. I'll keep things posted on you know, for Louisville and God knows where. Okay, my friend, be well. i got to go to rehearsal. Talk to you later. Talk to you soon. Thank you, Navelle. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That's it for me. I am so so excited that I got a chance to talk to her again. It's been way too long since we caught up, but I appreciate the fact that you got to come here and 
week with us once again, Judith Chapman, everybody. And thanks to the callers that came in, Carissa, Charlie. I appreciate it. Vonda, thank you so much for getting this set up. Absolute pleasure. And, again, thank you guys for being a part of this. You you know I've always loved and adore you. And thank you so much for being a part of this show for the past eight years. And let's keep on going. But that's it for me for right now. I'm the Bell J. Lee, making sure you keep getting the latest buzz with Buzzworthy Radio by logging on to our website at www.buzzworthyradiocast.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Buzzworthy Radio and liking us on our Facebook page. We'll see you guys next time. Take care. From Twitter to iHeartRadio, Buzzworthy is everywhere. everywhere. Miss the show? Log on to buzzworthyradiocast.com for past shows and videos of some of your favorite stars. Stay connected to Buzzworthy Radio.